welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and if you've not been here before, which is why I do this little preamble all the time, and while all of you in the chat are just saying hello to one another, I'll just talk for a second, because somebody here might be new, they might not really know what in the world is going on. My name is C.J. Reynolds, I'm a teacher in West Philadelphia, I teach at all boys school, I teach ninth grade literature and the history of hip hop, and what we're doing here, this is an extension of that work, where we are on here uh, as a community, we are Real Rap with Reynolds, and what we do is we are trying to, as a group, create, uh, this, is my new, this is my new line, ready? Ready for this? We are trying to create pathways and pipelines to help teachers be the teachers they were called to be. Meaning, um, all of us have some kind of greatness in teaching somewhere in us. It doesn't look the same for everybody, but if we work together as a team, it's kind of like the Avengers, but without flying, well, I mean, there might be some anger issues in the group, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure nobody's throwing hammers around or anything like that. But the idea here is, to work together as a team on Sundays, which are often the most nerve-wracking night of the week for teachers, and then work together to be the best teachers this week that we can be. So if you have any questions at all, if you have any concerns, nobody here, like probably no one from your school is actually here. Um, so you can, if and so what I mean by that is like, it's a safe place. You can ask anything, you can talk about anything. I will talk about literally anything. Um, so you can put your questions in the chat and then what happens is, uh, they go to West Texas and then they shoot here to New Jersey to this person that's usually sitting right next to me. And then they shoot over to me. Um, cause my wife reads them. Yeah. Let's not put that giant ice cube. I, I said it in there. For I like got new ice second. cube trays and they're the most gigantic. It looks like the Tesseract is in my, uh, is in my coffee cup this morning. Um, uh, I knocked down my Mr. Rogers calendar. Uh. So that's the gig people. If this is not enough, um, this is also a podcast, so if you don't want to use your data and you're driving to school, you can listen to it as a podcast. We're people's number one podcast on Spotify know, this year. or number three. They keep tagging me, and it's like, yeah, or like at least in someone's top five. What? Thanks, everyone. Um, so it's a podcast. Thanks, in part, to my buddy Jake, who puts the podcast up every week. Um, yes. and so yeah, so let's, uh, let's we'll get started. It. So, uh, if that's not enough, we also do mentoring. You can go to the website and find all of this other stuff, realrapidreynolds.com. There's resources on there that you can get the book on there, or you can just go to teach, uh, teacherclassoff.com. Um, let's start real quick with just naming a few people that really help with this every week, right? And can I just shout a couple people out? I want to shout out Edie. Um, she's my buddy and she is, uh, I mean, Chris Carson's my buddy too, but Edie is... <laughs> He's my buddy as well. And she lives in Texas and she helps me out enormously. Um, chances are, if you ever emailed me, you got a response back from Edie. Uh, Jake is the guy that does our podcast all the time. He's a really wonderful human being. He's getting ready to have a baby. Well, actually, his wife's getting ready to have a baby because he can't have a baby. Um, and uh, who I, John, who I call Eddie because it's Edie's brother. And I just thought it would be really fun if Edie's brother's name was Eddie. Um, so in <laughs> private conversations, I refer to him as Eddie. He does all of our website stuff. And then everyone that helps sound here, there's people that are in here that have little little wrenches next to their names, um, which we should we could increase those people. We need to. I have a couple of homies yeah. that I have in mind. Um, so it is uh, Tracy Pinter, uh, my buddy Unicorns Rock, who that's her real name. Her parents named her Unicorns Rock, I think. I think that's true. But just all right? of our regular yeah. people, and Kate, like Mr. Teacher. James Pete, like Dayla Classroom, like all these people. That all the regular homies, Scott Ordway, yeah, John Lopez, like, yeah, they just show up and help out. It, it is it is a real community, and that is my favorite thing about this. It's like 
when, whenever we're like really in a pinch, I'm going to get to questions in just a second, but I just want to say this when literally whenever we're in a pinch and it's like today, right? We're trying to get Christmas shopping done. We went to go get a tree. They didn't have any left or they wanted to charge me $145 for a Christmas tree, bro. Come on, man. Come that on, come one. on. I'll go to like, steal one from the neighbor's yard instead. Whenever we're in a crunch and it's like, should we just not do it? Which is something we say often. Should we just not do the live feed today? I think we can't like, we're, we're a part of people's schedule. Like people are like looking forward to seeing their friends or talking to people. And, and so it's literally like, th that's a big deal. Part of me wants to show this picture of me like- Show look, my house. My house is in wild away. disarray right look now. Here. This is what we have to step away from. I don't know you if anyone really can see. even- Well, here, let me take off that. the uh, effect now. Put on the regular one. This is how messy our house was just the other day. We're getting rid of a lot of stuff. We've like There's shifting. Me. Oh, nice. That's me in a sleeveless shirt, a sleeveless cutoff <laughs> shirt. Carly's eating at like a, a table, a random table. Our this house is... looks like an episode of Hoarders um, because we are getting rid of some stuff and getting some well, new stuff. Also, because all we tried to do was get a dishwasher, and now dishwasher. I have to have a whole new kitchen. Without redo. going into the whole thing, it led to getting an entire new kitchen that I didn't what? want. No, no, not even, I can't even really afford it. I, I'm just I wanted like, two new kitchen cabinets and a dishwasher. a dishwasher. And now I'm getting like everything. eight new kitchen Basically yeah, everything. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's a blessing and I love it. Anyway. I'm excited, but. Um, so are you ready? Yes, let's All go. All right, let's, let's kick it. Um, sorry, there were a bunch of comments in there, but it's hard to see when I'm on my phone because they just fly by. James P is laughing at me. Um... Cool. You ready, All buddy? right, great. Our yeah, first yeah. question is from Scott Orway. Scott Orway, Orway is always first, often. He's like, he Yo, jumps in. He knows in how to get it in. You he only knows... get like the first 20 minutes to like get through because we, anyway, let's stop talking. Longer, but... All right, Scott is asking, um, want to start a kid's YouTube channel with my five-year-old daughter. I don't know what I don't know at this stage. What, what do I need to figure out slash plan to be successful? Also, how do we pick our focus? Um, Ooh, for family one, that's a... That's a tough one. It is interesting. Scott, I would say one, think of, think of it as like, I'll tell you, one of the, so we started off as trying to do like a family vlog thing. Um, if you, fun tip, if you go to our channel and hit the oldest, you'll see a weird concrete one that CJ made. Yeah, and first then, video ever, how to make a concrete <laughs> pot. Has that like, was you testing out, like how to use YouTube has like, a pretty in general. That's like 64,000 views, that video. Yeah, it's crazy. But then you can see like our attempt at family yeah. vlogs, which so, was... But I'll tell you what, it's <laughs> it's cringy. But my favorite thing, and I would say this to Scott also, my favorite thing about it is we, we like captured a moment in time with our children and edited that content and were intentional about filming. And I'm not always good at filming just like what's going on in the house or taking pictures of what's going on in the house and stuff. But having that snapshot of my children at that age, doing stuff, saying stuff, going places, and then editing it and putting it to music, it's really fun. So I think that's where I would start is just start creating content because I think you find your voice somewhere in there, right? Is your, like, instead of trying to watch anybody else's stuff and then do that, I think it is really just trying to like capture your story and what happens is people like you find you. So even on YouTube, like I couldn't have asked for all of you to, to start following the channel at, at some point. Um, James P found you on YouTube. Oh, oh he said oh, my daughter oh, oh, separate yeah. of me said one day, 
hey, that guy looks familiar. And sure enough, you were the clay pot guy. It was your video. Oh, really? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, so it's like, it's so funny that, you know, people find you. I don't really know how it works. Like, I, like I, there's some secrets in there, but like for the most part, it's just, I think being your authentic self. So when people meet me in real life, I am exactly the same. I'm slightly more distracted because I have ADHD, but like, um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the same dude that, that I am on YouTube. You, you like, are. I, so, um, thanks. Uh, cause you wouldn't lie to me or something like that. You would be brutally honest and let everyone know. Um, so <laughs> I, I just think that's, that's what I would do. I would just start there. Just start making content. Um, because like I say all the time, your ordinary is somebody else's extraordinary. The stuff that you do that's regular is like, well, it's, it's going to blow somebody's mind. And then it's not about numbers. It's about, like Mr. Rogers says, it is simple and deep is far better than wide and complex. So just be mindful of that. Um, what do you got next? And I would say this, anything you want to learn how to do on YouTube, like editing wise, just look it up it's on, all YouTube. on YouTube. It's all there. We didn't learn anything mm -hmm. from anybody else. It was literally just, hey, how do we do this? Let's nope. look it up on YouTube. I had one friend, one guy that I met after we did Gary Vee the first time that helped me out with like some tips and tricks on like algorithm stuff, but like everything that has to do with editing, we came up with. Yeah. All right. Okay. Janelle is asking, is there any way to get paid for student teaching or is it possible to work and student teach at the same time? Nope. Uh, so there's no, I'm not that I know of, is there a way to get paid? If someone else knows a way to get paid, um, then please put that in the chat. But I don't think that there is, uh, to work and student teach. Look, this is one of my, one of my biggest issues. I think you can, cause you, if you need to, but like, I don't, I, I couldn't work when I student taught. I just felt like it took up all of my time. Um, if you have to work, so I'm going to say two things about this. If you have to work, it's literally like, there are just some things that aren't that important. Like learning how to do a, a eight page lesson plan. It's just not important. It's, it's figuring out what you need for classes, beginning, middle and end. Right? So if you're teaching high school, elementary might be a little bit more, more tricky than that, but it's like sometimes like reading for school is like reading most of a, of a, uh, of a chapter is as good as reading the chapter, right? So it's like figuring out where you can skimp and, and find time to, to, to do other stuff. But I just remember like taking all day Saturday, all day Sunday to do lessons. Um, you do not get extra credit for recreating the wheel. So find things that you can take from people, not just TPT, but like anywhere and I would use the Facebook group as a resource. Put in the Facebook group what you need, what you're looking for, and let those folks um, send you resources. I've been doing that myself lately. I did it on like three occasions last week, I think, um, where I just put questions into into the Facebook group. Um, and if you are not aware of the Facebook group, it's uh, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook. It's a closed group. You have to answer like three questions just so we're sure that you're a teacher and you're not like trying to sell something or, or market to people or something like that. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, and then, um, you know, one of the, one of our dreams with real rap with Reynolds is to grow our company to a size where we can literally help like fund people that are doing student teaching. Cause I think part of the reason we don't have more teachers is because people can't afford to student teach. And a lot of ways, I think that that's why we don't see a lot of people of color in the classroom. Like there are not like, 
and, and I think this is it. This is a dumb joke, but you hear it all the time. And, and so I'll say it because you hear it often. We're like black males um, are like unicorns in the classroom. You just don't see them. But I think that when we're dealing with sometimes folks, and this is, this is of all walks, that can't afford, in some cases, a year of student teaching. I believe in Georgia, it is a year of student teaching. That's a year of working for free. And when people can't do that, and then you don't teach, what if you're awesome? We need you to be in the classroom. So what we would love to do is be able to like do grants or just gift people money or help people out in some way, shape or form so that they can um, potentially, they, they can like, we will like kind of take the edge off, right? So we lived on one income. We lived in a $300, $300 a month, $400 a month apartment. So um, tiny. That was the size of my laundry and room. And we lived off of a credit card and my tips from job Starbucks. at Starbucks. Yep. Yeah, that was it. And then we got into a it ton of debt. Rough. It was really hard. We had an enormous is, yeah. amount of debt after that. And that sucked because then it just paralyzes you. Um, so yeah, that's one of our dreams. So that that's what I would say. If you're going to do that, it's let us help. Let the people in the group help you out to figure out how to do the best job that you can. Um, Dayla Classroom is asking, I always hear about the importance of getting to know the community. What does that actually mean and how do you go about doing that? Um, what are you referring to this community or, or the community in in your school? So I think, I mean, look, that's a great question. So what's up, buddy? Yes. Take a jacket. And a phone. Um, it's real life here, people. Sometimes your kid just walks in the room and asks that they can go to Samina's house. Um, <laughs> they, so I am, I think the importance of community, and if that, if that comes up, Edie, if that, if she answers that question, I just asked like, what, what particular community is the other classroom talking about? Could you just uh, <clears throat> let us know oh, somehow? she said in the classroom. In the classroom. Um, uh, let's see. I, I think the, I think getting to know the community in any respect actually is really important because teaching is a communal activity, right? So like, let's talk about, let's start with teachers. The teaching community is so important and the community of which you are part of is so important because are they going to celebrate your wins? Are they going to help you out when you have losses? Are they going to be there for you when you have a really hard day? Are they going to be in there like pumping you up and reaffirming you doing great work or are they going to be more of a toxic teacher community where they are dog, please. And the dog itching. is scratching himself and leaning. It's the truck. It's okay, buddy. Sorry. You were just messing me up there a little bit. I love you. Um, so it is, it is thinking about things like, um, are they instead being toxic and they're being jealous or they are telling you that that will never work or the kids are bad or you know that's not going to work. You know he's 100% going to whine at the door now. Okay, we'll try it. Um, so I just think that that's one of those things also where, like, you have to be mindful of that. Now, look, we can't pick all the time who we work with. Like, sometimes you get the job that you can get. Maybe you live in a community where, like, there's not, there are no other jobs. And you're stuck at kind of at the school that you're at for now. Um, you know, but I think that when you can be somewhere that is supportive of what you're doing, that's really important. Now, the way that I do that is I just cut out people that aren't supportive. Like, and, and that doesn't mean that just because you don't back me, like if you push back against what I'm doing, I'm down for the conversation. But if you're just there to hate, like I just don't deal with you. Uh, I just, 
cut you out of the conversation and I just get down with the people that I get down with. Um, uh, but, you know, with regards to students, I think being a part of the community, look, when you, when you feel like your classroom is an actual community, meaning people are there to learn, to grow, to help one another, to push back against one another, to form relationships, to uh, help one another out when they're, when they're struggling, to call each other on their BS when they are being like full crap. It is, that is something that has to, that is not very organic. Um, that, that doesn't just show up. It is something we have to work towards, but the way we help kids to do that is by doing all of those things, by really loving kids out loud, by being a good example, by listening to others and not just talking about what we think we want to talk about, by listening to people that different opinion and letting them know that it's a safe space to do that. And that when, yo, my guy's talking over here, I need you to stop talking for a second. Yo, do you understand what I'm saying? Cause we're going to listen to you also. So just hold on to that fully listen to what he's saying so that you can really give a full answer back. Got what I'm saying? Cool. Having conversations like that, letting kids know that you care, letting kids know that when they're going through something hard, that they're not going through it alone. This builds something in a class that is so amazing to show up to, to teach in that I just cannot stress it enough. Like I've just seen it time and time again. From the beginning of the year, I have some class that is like at each other's necks, literally like ready to fight or fighting all the time. And then you get to this place where we're brothers now, right? So I teach all boys. So like we're really brothers. We're really not calling each out, out each other on our differences that we're looking out for the underdog that we're looking out for people that might be a little bit different than everyone or, or might be easy to pick on. But now you're like, nah, dude, bro, that's my guy. Like you can't do that. That is the importance of community lets people be their authentic self, lets them own who they are and helps you bring them up to where they need to be. And community is forever. It's not a one year thing. Those are the kids that come back year after year after year that miss you when you're gone, that call you when you're out one day to see if you're okay, that show back up after they graduated just to be in your room, to be in your space again, because they need that energy because uh, they don't have it because that community is hard built and and not everyone wants to do it outside of, of that space. And so th I think that's the importance of it. Or a little bit of it. What you got? Something get messed up? Uh, no. I posted, there's a few people that have, and we'll get to their questions, but there's a few people that have uh, been talking in the chat, chat about loss, like teaching while dealing with grieving loss um, yeah. from parents. Two different people were saying their parents like someone have, died. have passed away. Yeah, so I posted that. So I put the link in there. It didn't show up. It's not fancy, but there's a link to Of my video? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. Just okay. Right. I just want to make sure that there. we touch base on that. That's um, important. We will. Mr. James Pete is asking, it's been a crazy year. So how about something light? Do you do anything awesome for Christmas every year? Um, usually this year, uh, you know, everything's closed. So... For Christmas, um, we so Christmas traditions. We love Christmas at our house, like a lot. Um, I I really dislike Christmas music for the most part. It just aggravates me. CJ like literally about it every year. I laughed last night when we were out Christmas shopping. Every year he complains about the same thing, hating Christmas music. Jim, you know this song. We drank a toast to innocence. <laughs> 
we drank a toast. It is the most, if you listen to the words, it's the most depressing song. Even the guys, I watched it on YouTube last night because I'm like, I gotta see what this dude looks like. They even look like the most depressed band that ever existed. It looks like Steven Seagal, first of all, started a band and, and then it was just depressing. And there's so many Christmas songs that are like, whether it's Santa Baby or like, we need some Christmas right now. It's like, bro, could we be a little bit less demanding <laughs> on, on, you know, the birthday of Jesus, please people. So it's, it's like, it's that for me. But, um, we do, uh, we do, you know, just Thank fun you, stuff. We do, show. There's a uh, yeah, the, in the Philly, there's like the, one of the oldest light shows I think in the country. We go to like inside this department store. That's really fun. Um, we usually do the Christmas village in Philly and go out for like beers and hot chocolate and sit around fires. And like, Franklin there's a big Square. light share. Yep. Franklin square is really fun. Um, then at home, it's pretty low key anymore. We used to have Christmas Eve where we invited anybody. Cause my mom used to do this. Also, my parents would do Christmas Eve where like all of my like Jewish friends would come over. Um, people that just didn't believe in like, didn't celebrate anything would come over. Um, Folks, like friends that we had that like didn't have a place to go would come over. And so we used to do that when our kids were little. But then it got to a point where like my kids had to go to bed. And like we had all these young people over. And they would like stay till 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, bro, this isn't funny. Um, like I need to like go to bed because I got to be up in like four hours. So we don't do that so much anymore. But like Christmas no, Eve. Here, let me tell you a Christmas tradition in our house. Oh. Christmas Eve, the kids go to bed. Mom usually gets busy rapping and dad falls asleep on the couch I do drink year. there's a lot of beer that's consumed on Christmas Eve and then I fall asleep and my wife wraps all the gifts <laughs> but I'm not a good gift wrapper anyway I'm like terrible gift wrapper you are and it looks like you know someone that didn't care wrapped gifts um so yeah and then the kid's grandmother comes over my wife's uh stepmom comes over on Christmas morning and like opens up gifts with us and our kids are like literally some of the most fun people to watch open gifts. They just are so grateful and love it so much. It is just a really joyful thing every single year. It is. It's really so, fun. Yeah. Cool. Next question. Okay. Cole Hatcher is asking, how do you help kids with um, in interpersonal conflict with other students without getting too involved or distracted by the he said, she said? Um, I think that's a great question. Uh, I think it's really important. So I would I would interject myself in any number of situations, and I often do, um, because kids don't always know how to handle things on their own, and so you're not necessarily fixing problems. You're giving kids tools to fix problems themselves. So it is about listening to kids and listening to the whole thing when they want. Just they are like giving you the whole rundown, uh, even when you're just like, all right, I get it. Bro, I got it. I got it. I understand what's happening. Um, listen to the whole thing. And then just maybe offering some different points of view on ways to look at it. I think that's it. I think it's it's basically that easy. And, and so you're not, remember, it, it goes back to that piece that I say all the time where it's like, it's not your advice, it's your attention. That's the most important thing there. So just showing up, just showing a level of care that you care and that you want to know what's going on. Um, because a lot of times kids are just going to grow out of it, right? Number one, they're just going to like, they'll just mature and then it becomes not a big deal. Two, kids are so resilient. A lot of times kids just like, it's like by the next day, you're best friends again. And it's like, oh, all right. So that didn't have to be like a heavy, deep and real because it's not really that big of a deal. Um, but just helping kids like process their pain, process their feelings, giving them a space 
to do something with that instead of just like holding it in and exploding later. I think that's the best piece of advice is just listening to folks. You can bring them together also. Um, but even if you bring them together and have that conversation, which is needed sometimes, you have to really feel that out. It is allowing one person to talk at a time. And I really know that you want to talk right now, but I need you to listen to everything that they say. And what, as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to say back to them what they just said when they're done. So there's going to be a quiz. So pay attention because that just shows active listening skills. And that's a really good way to do it. So I think it's that easy. What do you got? Chris Chong's asking, how do you feel these days? That's all. Uh, thanks, Chris Chong. Um, so last week was a tough week. Uh, like when we came on last Sunday, uh, I just felt like there was a lot going on. And this week, I feel like there's different stuff going on. Um, I am, here's, here's what I'm learning right now, Chris. I'm learning that I know, what, I know what my gifts are and I know where I think I want to be in my life. Like I know what I think the next season or the next adventure in my life is going to be. But what I'm learning is that um, sometimes those things don't come to us so quickly because you have to have the shoulders on which to carry all the things going forward, the blessings and the burdens. And so I am learning things about myself right now that I am hoping will help me to be a better leader in the future. Um, some of those are business things. Some of those are things like how to be a better friend. Um, uh, some of those are dealing with friend fatigue from the past. We're like, uh, like I had, that's good enough. Yeah. I've had some <laughs> issues. Um, and yeah. And other than this pimple I have on my head, that's really bothered me. Um, things are good. I think, yeah, it's a really good season of our lives. 2020, much to my son's chagrin, he hates hearing me say this, has been really good for us. Like overall, like we've. Yes. Been really blessed. Yep. So, yeah. What you got? Laura is asking, Hi Reynolds, what do you see <clears throat> yourself doing five years from now? And what would you be doing if you weren't teaching? Also, uh, what would be the title of your next oh. book? Ooh, these are great questions. Um, so, I think in five years, my hope would be, uh, you want to know the full answer? I'll give you the, I'll give you the full rundown. Oh. I want, in the next five years, to not live in the house that I live in anymore. I want to live on a farm. A small farm, maybe three to five acres tops um, because I want to get out of the city and I want to live somewhere quiet it on that farm better for our family. Our it, kids. Absolutely. Like it's, there's a wise, whole, there's, there's a, a whole hundred reasons. reasons that it's a good idea. It's not just some kind of bougie move. Um, but I just want to live in peace and quiet. And I, I've seen my children when they are in nature, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, and so, and like my time doing missional work, like in, like I'll still, I st would still like work in the city, but like, uh, living, working in madness and then going home to madness is it's a lot of madness. And when we were younger, it felt like it, that's where we we're supposed to be, but it, that's different now. Um, I want to have a giant garden that I can grow most of my own food in. And I want to have another dog so that my dog has a friend. I want to have a sauna, a small sauna. There's a picture of it right there. It's a small barrel sauna. Um, cause it's really good for your, for your health. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff too. And then I want to, okay, so did I think, answer? so I'm, and that's, that's part of where I want to be <laughs> okay. in five years. And then, um, I want to grow real rap with Reynolds to be a, to be an answer to people's prayers. Um, literally that's, that's what we're shooting for. Um, and I think that's going to really be like, uh, doing a lot more speaking, doing a lot more writing, doing a lot more, um, brand deals where I'm bringing authentic, just my voice to, to the education world. Uh, and then I think the next book is going to be something around like 
how to be the teacher you were called to be. So, right, like, so if we're talking about Real Rap with Reynolds is what we're doing here is we're creating pathways and pipelines to be the teacher you were called to be or the teacher you dream of being. Because I really think that teaching is calling. Um, and so in doing that, it's how, like, the, so teacher class off was a lot of my ideas and a lot of my stories. I want to have, like, really, really tactical ideas and 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 ways for people to actually be the teacher that they were called to be, not to just be like, I think one of the, some of the feedback we got from this book was like, folks are like, well, what if I'm not like that? And I want to speak to that. Like, how do you become more like, how do you figure out what teacher you were supposed to be or you're, or you're called to be and, and what fits your personality and the school that you're in and stuff. And then how do we dial it in so that you can be the most authentic version of yourself in the classroom that you can. Um, and really serve the community that you're that you're in. Did you answer all of those? Uh, I think so. What would you be doing if you weren't teaching? Oh, if I wasn't teacher? teaching, um, speaking. <laughs> I would just speak. I would still be in education. T education's where I'm supposed to be. There's no other job that I would. I've I've done all the other jobs that I wanted to do. I've been. I've done custom woodworking. Um, I've done. Uh, I've drummed and made money doing that. Um, none of that interesting like it's it's the only thing like if i won the lottery tomorrow um i would still be doing all of this i'd still be showing up every single sunday um and i'd still be in the classroom but i just don't know that the classroom is going to be able to i don't think i can fit all of that in going forward i think at some point um that will that will change but that's where i feel called to be next uh, John Lopez is asking any plans about making an infomercial for your book? So I've thought about this Lopez and I think like it's, it's a fun idea. Um, it's literally just a time thing right now. Like I'm, so one, one of the things I'm trying to do is, and I think this, this is good. This is good advice for anyone that's feeling crushed right now. I am real. I'm thinking of two things for school right now. One of those is how do I do less work and get more done. Um, like taking off Saturdays as a Sabbath cuts out an entire day out of my week where I usually get stuff done. How am I doing that? Um, having part of my Sundays doing things like this on, on Sundays and like not just working on school all the time, but like <clears throat> it's really trying to slow down so and 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 having the faith that I'm gonna grow out of that slowing down. And so I, that's something I've really been thinking about. Um, and then mm. the other thing is I've been really trying to think about like, how can I make class an event? Like, how do I make it more fun? How do I make it more engaging, more multidimensional and just like a thing that people show up to every day instead of just talking to ceiling fans and, and foreheads all day. Um, and so I have some real ideas on how to do that that I'm working on. So it's just like trying to fit everything into the to the same stuff. But we're getting we're getting there. We're learning how to delegate more responsibility within the the brand and like um and really like when I can delegate more stuff, then that means I have more time to spend on the things that I'm actually good at, uh, as opposed to all the crap that I suck at. Um, what you got? Like schedules and emails. Ye yes. <laughs> That's why we have. Amongst other things. Um, 
Okay, let's. It's thirty minutes jump around time, but let's start with uh, jump Dominique because jump around. This is an important one. Jump she up, says, jump up, and get. Stop. Sorry, I just you know you said it and I had to keep going. Okay, um, Dominique is asking, how do you get through grief? I lost my dad this morning, and I'm fearful mm. I won't be the same teacher after I come back from bereavement. Thank you for all you do for us teachers. Who's that? Oh, Dominique? Dominique. Hold on. First of all, can we just say that? I'm really, really sorry. Um, having lost both my parents and all of my grandparents, like I know. And my dad just. I know. What, I'm not saying I know what you're feeling. I'm just just saying that I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your dad, who was very important to me, like you know, barely a year ago. My brother was um, not even a year ago. Yeah. We've dealt so with we've dealt with a lot of loss in our lives. Um, you know, and I think there's there's a couple of things there. One, um, the. Let, let me just say, I remember, gosh, there's a million, there's literally a million things that I could say about this. What's important to say now? I think one is you are, your family is the most important thing, right? Like, don't get it twisted. Like, your students are important. Your school community is important. Your job is important. It's not the most important thing in the world. Your family is the only thing. Your students will move on. They will graduate. The people that you work with will go on with their lives at some point. Like, um... Your family is the thing that is like the most important, especially right now. And that's going to be the thing that you're going to need the most. Because when you lose somebody, um, there is this thing. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been through this experience before, but there's a lot of attention all of a sudden. right? There will be a lot of attention right now. There'll be a lot of food that maybe shows up at your house, a lot of calls, a lot of cards, a lot of you know well wishes. Um, but then after things sort of like... Uh, even out and like the funerals are over it becomes like not a lot of people around um not a lot of people calling not a lot of people sending food and stuff like that like folks are getting back to their regular life and so the people that are going to be there for you are your family and that family can look like a lot of things it can look like your actual blood or it could look like your friends um so one of my favorite quotes of Wayne Dyer is uh your friends are are God's way of apologizing for your family um so for those of us that don't have like real locked in families. It's like, you know, sometimes your friends are, are, are what you need. Um, but it's about, I think knowing that the pain, um, doesn't last forever. Um, it keeps popping up. Like I miss my mom regularly. Uh, and I'll see somebody with their grandkids and I just like think, man, like my kids don't have grandparents. Like, um, I see like at all, like they have a, my wife's stepmother and she's the only one left. Or, no, actually, your mom, but she lives all the way in New Mexico. I literally have no family in New Jersey anymore. I yeah. mean, well, I have I have family that I don't speak to because <laughs> that's not my choice. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other Yeah, that's another story. But, but literally, like, I don't have any around. Like, yeah. it's New Mexico. There's everywhere. no healthy family that's mm -hmm. around. Um, I, I do. But it is, so that that's part of it. And then just knowing that, like, that deep sorrow and sadness and pain that you feel, um it doesn't necessarily go away. It kind of like transforms, but I would say this, like if I was going to like add anything that, that helped, right. So like to hear something that's like, Oh, this isn't just going to be pain and sorrow and sadness for the rest of my life. Um, you learn to use that, that pain, that stuff I've gone through has showed up so many times to be a blessing to someone else. And what I mean by that is that like when I show up and I can, a kid tells me that they lost their parent, um, this conversation, uh, a kid tells me that they were going through something really difficult. I can, that taps into those moments when I felt those really dark places where like when my mom died, 
um, I was so depressed, like I couldn't get out of bed. It was like something I'd only ever seen in a movie. And I remember like I had my bed, my bedroom was in the basement. Um, and it was completely dark back down there. And I just would lay there. I was like, no, I don't, I don't ever want to get out of bed again. Like I, for 10 years, I wish I could just fall asleep for 10 years and then just wake up again. So that kind of stuff is real. The blessing that comes out of it. And it's not, you're not thankful that someone died. You're not thankful that you went through it. But if you take something from it is that that pain will bless someone in the future someday, some way, somehow where, you know, one of the things I noticed and, I, and then I'll move on because I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm sure you're, I don't want to give you too much information right now, but, um, it is that, you know, I think, how, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this, but you are showing up for someone else repeatedly where like after the funeral, everyone else goes home and everyone else gets back to regular life. And then the next time they call you, it's about regular stuff. And you're thinking like, damn, like, like my parent died, like, like my, my child died, my, my grandma died, like, like my friend died, whatever, whatever it is that, you know, folks are going through, like, um, and you realize that they just keep needing love over and over and over again, not for a day, not for a weekend, not for a week, not for a year, but for years and years and years and years to just send a sporadic text or a card. Hey, thinking about you and your mom this season, thinking about you and your dad, um, this Christmas, like, you know, those sorts of things. I think that that's really important. Um, yeah. So I feel like Tracy Pinter could really speak to that also. She just lost her mom. Um, oh, she's not here. Recently she too. Oh, okay. So that was something that she went through this year also. and was really devastating to her too. So yeah, I'm really sorry that that is something that's happening in your life. Um, was there another one about that too? Um, someone just in the comments, it wasn't a question. So I don't know where it went. Um, but I'm going to move on to the next question. Cool. Uh, Summer Tate is asking, I have two students who like to scream into their mics when I am giving instruction. They stopped for a few weeks after a talk with the dean of students and contact with the parents, but now they have started up again. Other teachers told me they will do this occasionally in their Zooms as well. Students say it makes their ears bleed. They are claiming mic issues. How do you handle this? I would mute them or kick them out of class. <laughs> uh, so Summer, I... Here's the thing. That was the answer to some of them. So. Here's the thing with that, right? It is, in, when those sort of things happen, it's not a mic issue. Like, they, they should call the tech department at your school or find out how to fix it. Like, um, some kids do. Like, I have a couple of guys that, like, their their microphones sound like like an old Burger King drive through It's like, <laughs> But what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Real quick, could you just say that? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand what you said. You're about Bro, what? I'm really, I swear. Are you talking? Are you, are you underwater? Like, what? Are you in the shower right now? Like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Like, like it sounds awful. Um, those are simple fixes. Or get some headphones with a speaker on them. Your kids, your students probably have gaming headphones or something like that. Put those on so they can hear them. Like, that's what they should be doing. Um, here's the thing with, with the loudness. What I learned this year and I did not think about, I have students that have some level, uh, they're on the spectrum on some level. And they are, when that happens, it literally like scares the crap out of them or they can't listen or it's like, it's too, it's overwhelming their senses. 
And I have to look out for those kids too. So bro, like until you get your mic fixed, you got to be muted or I'm going to put you in a waiting room or a breakout room or whatever. Um, kids that do weird things on the camera that like just try and get up real close. They stick their eyeball in there. They put their tongue against the, I don't know. It's freaking weird kid stuff. Um, just take away your ability to be on video. Um, so we use Zoom and I have that ability. I don't know if that's something that everyone has. Like when someone talks madness in the chat is turn off their ability to, to talk in the chat. It is school is a safe place for everyone. And sometimes to make things safe, we have to remove certain children that don't know how to behave appropriately because not because they're bad, not because we're, we're done with them, not because we're cutting them out or just kicking them out for some reason, but because they're infringing on someone else's ability to get a free and appropriate education. And so until that can happen, until mom can, can figure that out till the admin can figure that out. Like that shouldn't be your problem. You are in charge of, you know, I'm, I have 30 kids in a class. Can't deal with one dude that's doing some madness on the microphone. Like I call up admin and I go, bro, you got, someone's got to handle this so that my man can get back in the class. Let's do it quick. I'm kicking him out now. Go talk to him so we can come back to class and keep learning. Like we want to have him here, but you got to be able to act appropriately. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people that have a hard time with putting kids out of class. I do not have a hard time. I don't do it easily. I don't do it lightly, but I do it quick and fast. And then I want you back in class with your with your head on right. And so that's oh, what I'm doing. Just real fast. She yeah. did say, she goes, I have muted them and then they unmute themselves. I can mute everyone, but if I do this, then each kid has to ask each time they want to want me to unmute them. The boys spam the chat with nonsense when I do this. Um, another thing she said is I have put them in a waiting room as a timeout and I've had side discussions with them. They ignore me when I do this. They are doing uh, this to other teachers. They had the talk with the dean of students. Yeah, then you're done. I, I would, you're done She's, to my class. Yeah, she said it feels like harassment at this point. Yeah, you're done. Because um, what it's doing is taking away from everyone else. It's the same thing in school. If someone just keeps acting a fool all the time, um, it is, I have to literally like just draw the line. Bro, I don't have anything against you. But like when you can, my, my buddy, Mr. Harrison used to say, get your mind right, bro. Get, he used to say it's all smooth too. Yo, bro, get oh, your no. mind right. Little Space Freckles said the gamer mics cause the same, uh, like Burger King drive oh, really? through effect also. They oh. look so official. Um, oh, yeah, they have to figure out how to get that, that right. I, I've even offered to buy kids headphones. I'm like, bro, I'll get you like $5 headphones on Amazon. Just get your school to like buy some headphones if that's what they're claiming we all know that that's not the, the problem though right they're trying to they're just being butts <laughs> so it's like you know shut it down that's what i would do and i wouldn't be afraid of it they're being all robbie teenage angst i know teenage angst that's robbie. what we call brody <laughs> that's what we call brody it's a gravity falls reference um, um okay uh hilba? hilba okay hilba is asking sorry if i say it wrong um First, your videos were really helpful. However, tomorrow I am quitting my job as a teacher. Any advice? P.S. I am born to be a teacher, but the situation is really bad that I have to leave the school. So let's say this. That's a great question. And I want to, like, I don't even know you, but I would say this. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say that overall, I think that's a really brave move. Um, that not all schools are good fits for people. I ju literally just had this conversation with a friend the other day that, um, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want it, like his school to know or anything like that. But we had a conversation and he got, he's going to a new school and he has a new position and it's really exciting for him. And he said, one of the reasons it's so exciting is because this new school is like 
so dialed in to what he thinks is important as an educator, like student voice, student choice, st really, really looking at students' social emotional needs, really looking at things like um, special education students and really teaching the whole student, um, helping kids of all that are all different types of learners that have all sorts of learning differences really to find success. And, you know, I think we forget. It's like, it's kind of like being in a bad relationship with someone, right? It's like being in a school. Like you feel tied there. You stay for the kids. Like, what, are we, what am I going to do about money? Uh, what if I don't find someone else? Right? It's like, it's literally the same conversation if you're in a bad relationship with someone that you're like, but maybe this is as good as it gets. Maybe I'm just not that good. Maybe no one else wants me. It's literally the same conversations. So it is about knowing that there's another job out there for you. There's a school that's going to get the kind of teacher you are. And, you know, we, I think sometimes, especially like I've often thought that only schools in, in, so I, I really feel called to be at a school where, um, I'm dealing with students that are growing up like on the margins, right? Those that feel forgotten, the communities that, that are, are not getting a fair shake, um, that I want to show up and, and be of, of some sort of help there to work as a part of those communities. The older I've gotten, though, I realize that all kids need good teachers. Like, just because I'm in, like, a school in a poor neighborhood doesn't make me better than someone that's in a school in a rich neighborhood because rich kids are forgotten all the time. Like, I talk about this in the book, um, that I, I had this change of heart where it's like, yeah, like, I, I don't know what you're growing up in, but, like, maybe, like, there's kids that are feeling forgotten and overlooked in all kinds of schools. So I think that that's a really brave move. I would move forward confidently, confidently looking for a school not just any school, but a school that you really, if you have the ability, that's going to fit the kind of teacher that you are and looks at the kind of things that you look at with regards to education, with students, with teachers, and makes them important. Um, if I ever left my school, I would never, ever, ever again, unless my children were like, I was going to lose my house or my kids were going to starve to death, would work at a school that I did not see eye to eye with on on the majority of things, right? There's always going to be some stuff that I think is like dumb that I'm not going to do. Like I think lesson plans are dumb and I think they're a waste of time unless you're a first or second year teacher. Um, I think dress codes are dumb. I think uh, that like, I don't know, like making teachers sign in or sign out of the school or like clock in at the beginning of the, bro, what? Clock in what? Like I'm late, 10 minutes late because my kid threw up or, or like I got something on my tie. Like what? Now I'm going to get in trouble. Um, I think sick days are dumb. I talked about all this stuff last week, but so, but if the majority of the things were things I really vibed with, that's where I want to, I want to be in a place that, that is going to, uh, that is going to support the kind of things I want to do for children in that school. So yeah, my best, best of luck to you. Um, you know, it's not a bad idea to go in the Facebook group also, uh, and just put out there that like, Hey, look, I'm a teacher here. I quit my job. I'm looking for opportunities. If anyone knows any let me know. And then just remember, there's always, there's all kinds of learning online opportunities right now too. Like whether you're using like Dada ABC or VIP kids or like online tutoring and stuff. Like I would look into those opportunities as well for the time being. Um, what's that? I don't know. That was a weird glitch. Uh, what you got? Okay. Jacob Ingram is asking, my school just announced on Friday, Friday night that they are switching to virtual on Monday. Oh. No warning. Yeah. I don't feel prepared Classic for school this. moves. <laughs> I teach ninth through 10th grade English. Um. Ninth and 10th. 
So yeah, uh, Jacob, that's literally what happened to us. I went home on a Thursday in March. We had off Friday and then Monday was supposed to be a PD day where we were going to talk about if we went to virtual learning, what would we do? We never had that PD. On Tuesday, I had to teach virtually. And it was like, bro, I never used Google Classroom. I never used Zoom in my life. Um, and I had to figure all this stuff out. Here's what you do. The, the move is, no matter what anyone else tells you, it is not to slam the kids over the head with all the stuff they have to do, right? It is little chunks of learning that are going to keep moving the needle forward. And then hopefully kids are learning. The social emotional impact of virtual learning, I think is something that most schools are not paying attention to and not giving enough thought to, um, that kids are literally, many of them are social creatures and even the introverted kids need to be around the teachers. It's easier to help a kid to like sit by their desk and just to put them in a breakout room and talk to them. Um, I don't think cameras are important. I think cameras, I, I realize that this is the thing that people really think is important, but in my classroom, and if it's important in your classroom for your own reasons, then that's cool. But I don't think having your camera on is important. I don't think that doing the work, um, like filling a whole period teaching from bell to bell, like we did in the classroom is, is important. Um, I give 40 minutes of work in an 80 minute period because some of my students take 80 minutes to do 40 minutes worth of work. Some kids take 40 minutes and they can be done early and that's fine. And when you're done and I've checked you in, you can leave and I don't care what you do after that. Go play Fortnite for the next 40 minutes before your next class. Um, I am give grace on, on things like grades. I give opportunities for kids to improve their grades. I give opportunities for kids to make up tests and quizzes, to retake tests and quizzes because I realize that this is all new for everyone. And then I try to make it as fun as I can doing any number of dumb things from using filters, to using backgrounds, to using props, to using sound effects, to, um, you know, to using music, to uh, just doing dumb stuff. Like this week, I really want to start thinking about like, where else can I teach? Like, I know it's cold outside, but like where, how can I move around? How can I interact? How can I make this some kind of experience? And the number one thing is to just try to have fun with it, right? What if, here's what you think about when you're lesson planning, you grab a drink, coffee, beer, wine, whatever your, your jam is, and then think, what if this was fun? What would that look like? And then that's where you start. And that's, that's how I get down every week. That's my lesson planning process. Um, what you got? Um, Taylor is asking, do you have any advice about volunteering or participating in after school activities such as coaching club? duties or a school task force, uh, first year teacher don't want to overwhelm myself. Yeah. So that's a really, really great question. Um, so Edie puts these in the Google doc and on the side, she said, just say no. Um, that that's my move. I think teacher would tell you Taylor. I I think everybody would say this in, in, in here taking on too much. It seems like it's doable in the beginning, but it, quickly catches up to you because you just don't realize how much work it's going to be. It's like, I, I, like anything else in your life, like saying yes to everything is, it just overwhelms you. It's another thing that you have to do. And although it's a great way to connect with students, it's a great way to be a part of the community in your school. It's a great way to be an active participant and be like, Hey, I'll take some of the burden on. Also signing up for a thing is fine. That's it. I literally, I remember my first year doing it because here's what that's going to stop you from doing. When you sign up for too much stuff, 
it is going to stop you from having time to really lesson plan. It's going to stop you after school from doing a classroom transformation or having kids stay back with you and work on something together or tutoring students or coming in early to work on something with kids. It's going to stop you from going out for drinks or coffee with your colleagues sometimes. It's going to stop you from just going home and having a night that you need to yourself because it's quiet and it's peaceful and holy crap, this was a long week. Um, that there's all these other things like because I don't do anything anymore. Nothing. I, I am part of nothing and I've been a part of everything in the past. Um, I'm a part of nothing because now when the end of the day is there, I'm just standing in the hallway talking to dudes as they're leaving. I stand, I stand, I just bit my tongue. I stand by the exit and I talk to the students as they're leaving the building. I have club in my room after school, which is just unofficial, like chilling out club. Um, I actually do have to run a club after school two days a week when we're in school. It's just a YouTube club, but we just talk about YouTube and we talk about how to grow your channel and how to edit your stuff. But it's like more of a conversation. Um, it is creating space for those kids that don't fit into clubs, that don't fit in the sports, that are just like, but don't really want to go home to have a place. You are creating the island of misfit toys. And so I, if I was going to do a club, I would do something that has like, a lot of freedom, a lot of space, a lot of like, just like a chew and chat kind of a thing, right? Like, I don't know why I just said it like that. And I don't know why I called it chew and chat because it feels like I'm on the talk now. But um, <laughs> it's like, just something like that, where you're just finding ways to connect with students. And there's no agenda, there are no parameters. It's like, what do you guys want to talk about? That's why I always liked like, um, when you know, something I would be a part of that I was asked last year, but then somebody else really felt passionate about it, was like, something like the uh, gay straight alliance, right? It's like, you're just talking, you're just showing up and caring for kids and talking about stuff. Like I, I would love to be, do something like that. Um, but that's what I would do. Cause it's gonna, it's gonna free you up to do other things. So when your school asks you to do things, say, you know what? I'm really feeling like in my first year, I wanna put my all into my students. I wanna really be able to, um, to give space to kids that are coming in for tutoring after school. And I don't wanna run a tutoring program. I want it to be an authentic thing where like kids show up and we just, hang out, eat snacks, and I'm tutoring you. I want to give space for kids to like come in and work on projects. I want to work on things like working with students to build things in my room and, and create spaces that, uh, of learning that are important. Um, that's what I want to do. So I really want to go like 11 on this instead of going five on a whole bunch of other things. What you got? Uh, Donnie is asking, teachers tried, tried, uh, making classes easier slash fun this year, but now realizing need to be stricter. How do you change? Seems younger students enjoy it, but older want more challenge. Yeah. Okay. So this is a great question, Donnie. Um, so started school, wanted this to be fun. Um, but then you realize you have to toughen up a little, you have to tighten it up a little bit, not toughen up. Um, and then how are we navigating that? I think school can be fun and tough at the same time. I think you can be, have a lot of fun and be silly and wild and crazy and still call kids on their nonsense. It all plays into the same thing because this is the key, right? The key is education's only ever about students. Everything I do is about helping students to engage. So when I do Silly stuff. So I don't know if you guys check me out on Instagram, but on Instagram, the last couple of days I put videos, I might just put them on YouTube because not everyone on Instagram watches everything on YouTube. But I talk about how I start class sometimes using different backgrounds. I start class acting like I'm a news anchor. I start class wearing 
fake glasses and using megaphones and using my microphone that's probably spilling all over my desk um, to using uh, like pretending that I can't hear kids, pretending that I don't know that my mute button's on, um, using music. Like one of my new things is like using music while kids are writing or waiting, but I don't use cool music. I use grocery store music from 1975 and it's freaking hilarious. And then I act like it's my jam or I act like, oh, uh, Tavion sent me this playlist this week. I'm going to play that while you guys are doing work. I thought you'd enjoy it to just like, it just creates like a chill vibe. And he said, this is what he's really been getting down to lately. And then I play the grocery store music from 1975 and they're like, and I, and I turn off people's ability to chat and kids are like, um, yo, he really sent this to you. I'm like, yeah, bro, like loves this music. Like it's like, it's a jam. Um, and it creates like a level of engagement that's just silly or, you know, asking silly questions. My first questions in the beginning of class are always weird. It's like, is serious guys serious question today um i think everyone should be really thinking about this it's really important especially in light of the last election and what's going on with global warming in the world um and 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 you know all the social emotional health of students right now especially as we get closer to the holidays i'm really just wondering um is cereal soup and then i sit there for a long time and make it awkward and sometimes i play that music over it uh and kids are like what what does that have to do with the election? Guys, look, I don't, I don't have time to get into all the politics of it, but like, is cereal soup? And I sit there for a long no. time. <laughs> it is so dumb. And, and so like, or like, listen, really important question today. Um, if animals could talk, what would be the rudest animal? And then you just sit there for a long time. And it's like, but if kids are acting up, like Summer Tate said, like they're yelling into their microphones or saying crazy stuff in the chat, they're not paying attention, like whatever they're doing, it's like, bro, listen, the whole reason I'm doing this, right? So I did this the other day. So many kids started talking about what animal would be rude and they were really thinking about it. And I got good answers. Dolphins. And then we had a whole conversation on how kind of mean dolphins are. Goats, which are obviously rude. Cats, which are probably the rudest animal. We start talking about all these animals. I have kids that never, ever talked before. Kids that never turned on their screen before. Kids that like um, were not paying attention. Like, yo, wait, hold on. What are you talking about? What do you mean dolphins are evil? And it's like, bro, let's just break it down for you and we'll talk about it. Kids who were putting links in the chat to dolphin documentaries that they watched that showed how evil dolphins. Like, there was a full-blown thing. When we were done, I said, look, can we just note real quick? Is it important that we have this conversation? No. Was it a joke? Was it very tongue in cheek? Absolutely. But what we're doing sometimes is creating engagement. We're trying to get kids to pay attention. And if that takes playing, you know, if you're unicorns rock, if that takes playing ukuleles in class to bring kids in, yes. Is some parent potentially going to walk in your room and go, why is that? That lady's really playing the ukulele. She's playing a tiny guitar right now. Like, what is this? Isn't music class? That doesn't matter. What happens? What matters is engagement. So if I have to do everything but light my hair on fire so that you pay attention, game on. But you know, and will it work for every kid? Does it work every single time? No. But if someone's acting a fool, it's like, yo, we got reel back in because this is in crazy time. It's crazy time for me, maybe, and it can be crazy time for you. But the whole gig here is learning, is building engagement, is making things fun, is making things more interesting, is catching you in a moment, is a transition piece between the next, this jam and the next jam is like, it is, it is 
that's what you're trying to do and that's why you're trying to make it fun. You're not trying to make it fun so you can be the best teacher ever, so you can win teacher of the year, so that everyone tells you what a good job you did. You're doing it because you want kids to learn, because you're making it about them. I am willing to be a jackass. I am willing to take risks. I am willing to be as weird as possible for you. That's why I do it, so that you might reach your potential, so that you might find success in life. That's why I do all the things I do, not for any trophy that I might get. What, you are losing your mind I'm over here. I'm at Amy Russell. She said, uh, she said, is a hot dog a sandwich? Debated for 30 minutes in her class. Amen. Yes. That's <laughs> what I'm said, talking about. My British student lost her ever-loving mind over the hot dog. Hot dog taco sub point. That's interesting. See? This it. is what I'm talking about, man. I'm going to use that for a journal entry for the kids tomorrow. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> but it, it's like... Saying that like in some real serious tone is just, it's like, I love it. Um, someone says, have you always been good with the joy factor or was it a skill that you built over time? I'll say, you know what CJ is like a fan of is all those, if you go into Target, Barnes and Noble, like I, you've always had for years, like those little books of questions. Like, I wonder, like, did, did that spawn from that? Like, how do you come up with questions like that I, right you know, remember, remember last night we talked about something it might have been inappropriate so i won't i don't know if i'll share it here but <laughs> i told you how like i'm always thinking of jokes that my mind yes. is always like making word connections it's always looking for things it's always hearing something and thinking of the joke in that right so like a kid i have this year his last name is melton um so you can change people's names on zoom and i get I have a good relationship with this kid so that's why i do it so I changed his name to Lil Drippy. And uh, he was like, why are you doing that? I'm like, get it, it's like Melton. Like, that's your last name. So like, uh, it's your name's Lil Drippy. Or the kid whose last name is Graham, and I just call him Cracker, Graham Cracker. And I'm just kidding, Cracker would be slightly racist, I guess, but like, yeah. Um, but I just call him, I'm like, yo, what up, Graham Cracker? Or it's like, so it's so dumb. But it's like, and sometimes they're really funny and sometimes they're not. That's why you fit perfect with high but, school students. But partially, but some kids want to be cool and then they are just like, no, you're just dumb. And I'm like, yeah. all right, whatever, bro. Like, it made you pay attention. Made you look. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the joy piece is this. I, I do, it's something I still struggle with sometimes. Because sometimes kids get you so pissed off because nothing you're doing works. But I had this conversation with someone recently where you try everything you can. I think Chris Chong might have asked this. You try everything you can to make class fun, to make it enjoyable, to do silly stuff. Like, and, and I do, I mean, weird stuff. Like, like I don't know, my glitter is upstairs now. John Lopez gave me. I have glitter in my room that I sprinkle on kids. And I just go, you're doing a great, you're doing a great job. You're making, let me sprinkle some magic on it. Um, that I stick eyeball stickers on kids and tell them I got my eye on you. Like, but when kids don't like that, I don't do it. Like not, it's not for every class. It's fine. <clears throat> wow. That went down the wrong way. I'm choking. Um, it is finding ways to help kids find success. If that takes silliness, if it takes weirdness, if it takes just being strict, if it takes not doing anything fun in class, like, cause that class just doesn't, can't handle it or they don't like it. Or it's like, bro, can you just give me the work? Like, I don't know where you came from. I don't know what your history is. I don't know what your past is. I can't assume that you're going to like all my jokes. Um, so some kids get the weird box and some kids don't, so, you know, so that's, that's just how that works. It's it's dialing into what students need. It's not just about what you need. Um, and that's that's really important. Um, I, we probably need to end here soon. Sure. But there's a couple of really great 
questions. Let's let me rock him out real quick. All right. Um, Tom Stock yeah, right. says thoughts on all the admin work that comes with teaching. I love teaching and helping students, but I'm not always a fan of the admin. It sucks. I love all, this question for yeah, you. I <laughs> take second. It takes second place all the time, except for special education paperwork is the only thing that I make a priority anymore because I've not been good at that in the past, and I realize how it's like hurt situations and and not just me but like um it is everything else is second to teaching i never put it first i always make sure my lessons are ready my powerpoint's ready my my props are ready what i'm gonna say and do am i even i'm sitting there like looking up youtube clips for class or or looking up what kind of music would be hilarious today or looking up a game that i think would be fun to play in class and would build engagement and help kids to understand a couple of things that we're talking about. That's always more important to me. Um, I hate the administrative work and I think that most teachers should not have to do it because all it's doing has most paperwork has no actual relevance. It is us covering our asses so that admin doesn't get in trouble. God forbid something go wrong in class. And it's like, I'm just not interested in that because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not operating out of fear. So some things are just responsible, right? Makes sense. Like, um, making sure that my grades are in on time. I do that. My grades are done almost every single day by the end of the day. I do them every day as we're going and put them in there so that my hope is that when parents sit down at dinner that night, all the grades are in. But then I'd have to make things easier to grade. I make it more doable so I can actually get it done. Um, like that stuff's important to me because it has to do with students. And it has to do with monitoring success and monitoring failure and monitoring who's checked out and stuff like that. Um, but like emails... PDs. I, a lot of times I don't go to PDs. Um, I'm supposed to do lesson plans this year. I haven't done them yet. Um, I am supposed to like, there's all kinds of trackers and forms that we're supposed to fill out. Like, Hey, did you contact this parent? Make sure you put it in the form. Make sure you email all these people. It's like, nope, 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 nope. If it doesn't fit between eight and four, I don't do it. And I make students first. That just died. No, well, I think it's because I'm not touching it. Okay. Go ahead. Um, all right. Uh, I'll do these other ones quicker. Um, uh, Sham9806 is saying, I'm walking into my first class with a new group of year 10 students today. They've been labeled challenging. Any advice on making a good first impression? Yes. I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so glad that I get to teach this class. I literally want this to be the best class you've ever had, whether it's virtual or whether we are virtual or in person. I want this to be the greatest because the way we're going to do that is I want to know as much as I can about you so I can make this class fit your needs and to help you find success in the class. And, and so in doing that, we are, I will learn, I want to know what you watch, what you listen to, and I want to turn that into lessons. I want to see what are the best ways that you've learned in the past. I want to know who was your favorite teacher ever and why. I want to know who's your worst teacher ever and why. And then I want to know what kind of things do you like to do in class. So even if you hate school, and you have to be here. What would you rather be doing while we're here? Um, and because e I want this to be, even if you, even if you hate school, I want you to hate my class the least. And that's what I tell my students every single day on the beginning of school. Because I always get those kids, and it's about letting them know that this, this marking period, this year is about you and no one else. It's not about me. It's not about standardized tests. It's not about what the principal said. It's not what any other teacher said to you about you before. Um, and I don't even ask. For teacher opinions ever they always try and give them to me somebody from the middle school always reaches out and goes hey uh you have eddie this year 
And I really, you need to know if you think, nope, I don't want to know anything about Eddie. If I need to know about Eddie, if I need a backstory, I'll call you and let you know like, hey, he's exhibiting these behaviors and I'm trying to wonder what's going on here. Um, but never, ever, ever do I want to know anything. That's like, I wouldn't go to someone's ex-boyfriends if I was, you know, dating, if this was pre-1995. Um, I wouldn't go to anyone's ex-boyfriends or I didn't do that with you. I didn't like call dudes up and be like, yo, bro, yeah, I'm starting to talk to Jenny and uh, I'm just wondering like, what well, I need to know about her. Like, what? Like, that's a terrible idea. Um, good or bad. Like, because um, the good's just going to make me jealous and the bad's going to make me leery. Um, so it's like, just go in, like, with the idea that this is going to be great. They are not probably going to give, they're not going to be like, yes, oh, finally, someone's here. They might just be like, yeah, I don't care. Just, can we just start, please? Can you stop talking to us? It is a long-term game. And so finding ways to connect with those students is, is the name of the game. It's listening to what they listen to. It's watching what they watch. It's playing the video games that they play. It's checking out the anime that they're interested in. And then using some of that stuff in your lessons, not to be cool, but to be relevant. Uh, I just want to say, Laura, uh, Campion, 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 yep. Campion. Uh, she says that she has a pair of socks stapled to a stick, and I tell my students that they knock my socks off while I wave my stick furiously through the air. I love it. She also says she has a pizza hat and she wears it on when it's pizza day in the cafeteria. Laura, you're, you're killing it. First this of is all, great. you just won some kind of lottery. <laughs> I take the hand on the stick. I love it. I take the hand on the stick sometimes, and I go, and I just go like this. You just throw it around. Hey-o! Hey-o! And they go, what are you doing? I go, sometimes I throw my aunt hands up in the air sometimes. <laughs> and I just sing hey-o. And they're just you're like, so you're so dumb. And I'm like, I know, but it got your attention. Made you look. Um, what you got? Um, well, let's do this as the last one. Because uh, we gotta go get a tree. We do have to go get a Christmas tree. Um, let's classroom, go. Classroom Confidential is asking, what do you think of a principal cutting um, arts and music for distance learning students not having not handing in the work and giving them more than and giving them a study hall in place stupid it's a stupid <laughs> idea it's a stupid idea it is a stupid idea it's so dumb like what like first of all first wish, of all can we learn that kids don't work when you just punish and take away things? because like it can we, that's one right that's that's an, a really important simple. point it's a simple one just taking things away doesn't make kids behave Two, we're also, the message we're sending everyone is art and music aren't that important. Like, and maybe to that kid, that's their favorite class of the day, one. Maybe that's the one thing that they look forward to when they show up to school. Maybe it's the one thing that they need the most. I've had people try and take kids out of my class because they're like, oh, it's during your elective, during hip hop. And I'm like, bro, don't take, no, don't, don't treat my class like that. This might be the most important period of the day to somebody. Might be the one time that they feel seen, that they feel heard, that they express themselves, that they write something, that they talk about something, that they actually give a crap about. Don't take that away from kids. And what if that class isn't important to kids? So it's like all of a sudden, like, yeah, now you don't get to take music. And what if they're like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't like music anyway. Like, who cares? Um, and so then that kid is not being challenged in that way because they're, they're just not being stretched and, and they're not being exposed to those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I just think that that's so dumb, like giving kids more work. How about you make the classes that they're in, like put somebody in there with them, have them have a pullout time where they're only in like English class for half of the time 
And then the other half of the time, there's like a teacher that's working one-on-one -on -one of them with them to help them actually do the work because the teacher is already stretched so thin because they have so many students and they don't have time literally in the schedule to connect with that child and give them the attention that they need. I think that's a way better move than doing that. How about having kids stay after school for a little bit longer to get help? How about checking in with them every day during lunch or in the beginning of the day to make sure that their heads aren't right, to make sure that they ate something that day, to make sure that they're not in a bad mood, to make sure that their depression's not flaring up, to make sure that nothing happened with mom again, to make sure that their foster home's going okay, to make sure that they are just understanding what is expected of them every day. Checking in with a kid for five or 10 minutes after school, making sure that they understand where all the homework is and where all the links are and what is exactly expected of them. And then helping them to figure out strategies, tips, and tricks on how to get that homework done in an efficient amount of time and stop thinking that I don't do it because it's going to take me two hours. Instead saying, can you study for two minutes tonight? Can you do homework for 10 minutes? That's what I want you to do. Turn your phone off for just 10 minutes. And that's all I want you to do. And when you're done 10 minutes, don't do any more homework because then you're going to teach a kid that 10 minutes actually can produce something and then we're rigging the game to win so that students can win. Instead of taking things away from them that are actually important, it's making things more clear because school is not built for everyone. I get in trouble for saying this sometimes, but school <laughs> is made for vanilla children. Meaning, not that they're white people on Twitter, it's meaning that school is meant for your average child that's what it was built for but what happens when your kid is mint chocolate chip or rocky road what happens when your kid has a learning difference what happens when your kid has adhd what happens when your kid has is on the autism spectrum what happens when your kid has a processing disorder what happens when there's five people in the room doing virtual learning at the same time as your child and they can't pay attention because their family can't afford headphones or another room for them to go learn in so they're learning in the dining room and their sister's crazy science teachers being all awesome and they're like yo what's going on over there because they can't focus on what we're doing like that is far more important to ask those questions ask why the behavior is happening instead of just damning the behavior all the time is way more important but guess what that takes more work takes more effort it's harder to do and there's no guarantees when you do it that's all that work's going to pay off but you do it anyway because education's only ever about the students. Oh, he a follow up. He just said that, and if they don't finish the work in the study hall, they'll have to stay after school with the principal until the work is done. What? He said, Whoa. I'm surprised they show up at all. Is the work so like there's a hundred questions? Maybe those teachers are awesome, but maybe they're not. Maybe that work's not worth doing. Maybe twenty algebra questions is too much for that particular kid. Give them five. Like, figure out what's going to help that kid win. Because they're losing for a reason. No child wants to fail. No child wants to be left behind. No child wants to not succeed. There is a reason. So instead of just damning them and being like, we're giving them all these opportunities and chances and stuff, but like, but there's only so much a teacher can do. How about that principal goes to that kid's house and says, hey, what's going on? We need to find you some success in school. What is happening? And then waiting for an answer and not letting... I don't know, be an answer. Not being like, I just don't care that much. Like, why? Like, what? Like, what do, you, do you want to live in your mom's basement next to the Christmas decorations for the rest of your life, bro? Like, and have a sword collection and own a ferret? Like, like what? Like, or do you want to actually live the life you're dreaming of? And then let's talk about what that actually looks like on a real level. Not like some teachery talk, but like, 
real heart to heart. I'm going to share some stuff with you. You're going to share some stuff with me and we're going to build this. And I know that's hard work. And I know that it doesn't, you don't get paid extra for doing that stuff, but that's why we showed up anyway, because teaching is only ever about the kids. Bam. That's such right. a, I'm glad people asked that question. I mean, follow up. He did say, he goes, and then the art and music teachers are just sitting around as moderators for study hall. Stupid, Such right? A waste. <laughs> like, like they're it's expendable. No like art and music's not important. They're expendable people. Dumb. All right, I'm gonna respect everyone's time because I yep. have people on here moderating this thing, and Edie's, you know, Edie's hanging. He's got some editing to go do somewhere or something like that. So, gang, I really, really appreciate you, and I love that all of you show up every week. I, it is it is a bright spot in my week every week um, because it reminds me that there are people out there asking good questions and doing really good work um, when sometimes school feels like no one's doing that. It's just sad. And Mr. James Pete, um, we thank you for encouraging everyone to give thumbs up and we're at 46. Nice. There's always one thumbs down. There's Someone always somebody shows up. There's always, we get two on every video at least. Um, if uh, Look, if this isn't enough for you guys, I'll say it again. The Facebook group is a really great place where people like us do things like this um real rap with reynolds teacher talk on facebook is uh it's free um you just have to answer three easy questions to get into it um if you know anybody that needs help that has a question that's having a tough year please invite them or, or sh like shoot a link to this or something like that to somebody that you know that is struggling this year um the book's also available it makes a great christmas present everyone um and i'm gonna say this you might kick me for saying this but um if you get it through paypal i'd like to say if people go through, people want to go through PayPal instead of Amazon, I can sign their book and send it to them. So yeah, they can get just, a signed book. So just hit us up through PayPal, which is available on the Facebook group, or just send me an email. No, that just you send want an to, email or send DM an email. somewhere and we'll send you the link yeah, right from and PayPal. Yeah, we'll get it to you. And then that way, if you want it signed and stuff like that, then I can do that also. Uh, and that's it. Everybody. Oh, Mr. James, he goes, now you tell me that. We just did it. Oh, Pete, I own <laughs> literally just made a product uh, like through PayPal to be able to do that yesterday. Um, Jim, <laughs> send me your, uh, I don't think I have your email, your mailing address. I told Chris Carson this too. Can you send me the, uh, your mailing address in like in an email real quick? Just send it to realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. Um, Cause Sorry, I, I have something for you and I think I have it somewhere, but if Edie's going to be like, we already have it and it'll just make it easier for me. Um, that's it everybody. Uh, can I send you my book? Yes, yes, you can send it to, um, it is, I'll put the, uh, I'll put it in the description box right as soon as I'm done this. Um, cause we used to make thumbnails for all these videos and then somebody doesn't do it anymore. Clear. So. Can I, did you, did y'all see the picture I, of my can, house? Do you want to just put it in there real quick? My wife's going to put it in the chat where you can send it to. If you want to send your book to me to get signed, um, and then I'll, don't worry about the postage. I'll pay the postage to send it back to you. Um, it's PO box 11. You got it? Mm -hmm. Gloucester City, New Jersey, 08030. There it is. Right there. So I'll wait a second so people can get that. And then, uh, but if you have to go, I appreciate you. Um, this was fun. There's some, um, those are some good questions. Wait, someone's asking, do you have a video slash live broadcast where you talk about substitute teaching? I do. Uh, there's a video about substitute teaching on there. Um, you know I'm just waiting a second so people can do write down my called? address if they need it. Uh, just... So, first of all, go to our channel. This is your channel. See this? This um, is your channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to go to the oh. videos. Do you know what you're doing? No. This is a fun way to end, everybody. This is weird and crazy. So, go to here. Or that. Sorry, I got it. Matter. I got it. You keep talking. Uh, what do you want me to talk about? Do you want me to I sing? So, there you go. Hit substitute. 
substitute. We drank a toast to innocence. We drank no, a toast. That's to not the right um, I'll, Here's what I need you to do. Who was that? Do you know the name? Whoever just asked about substitute teaching, if you send me an email right now um, at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com, I will send you, There's two, I have two videos about substituting. Um, oh no, they're on student teaching. I might have something on subbing. I don't think you do. Oh, new video alert. Snap. Maybe. All right. I don't remember. All we're right. going to end. We're going to go look for a Christmas tree. All right, we're going to go look for a Christmas tree. Okay, Thanks, everybody. everybody. We'll see you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern time for real. And that's it. Now I gotta hit all these buttons. <laughs> Hot dog is his sandwich. No, it's...